Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast, where you can get the latest results, fantasy picks, and news every week in the NASCAR racing world. We just got one more spot left to fill, so let's give it to our host. Here he is, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we have survived the offseason. It officially comes to an end this weekend, because guess what's getting ready to happen? The L.A. Memorial Coliseum Clash. I cannot wait for this race. It's going to be absolutely fun to attend, and hopefully I can see some of you guys there, but it's just going to be fun to watch on TV. All the action we're going to see in this race, all throughout out Sunday. I cannot wait and I hope you guys are just excited as I am. Also in two weeks we have the biggest race of the season, the Daytona 500. Who is going to win the Great American Race? Well we will try to figure that out here in a couple weeks but for now let's focus on this week's news but most importantly what this race means for NASCAR fans. I'm talking about the LA Coliseum race. I don't think many people realize how big this event could be for the sport. It could change a lot of things that we see in today's current NASCAR. It really can. However, if this race becomes an absolute shit show, which believe me, I know a lot of you are hoping for that because when you think of a quarter mile racetrack with that many cars, you think of a wreck fest. But if that does happen, let me tell you, it's going to be a huge loss for NASCAR and basically going to get us right back to where we were as the dying sport that no one bothers to watch. Let's hope that that doesn't happen. But before we dive into that analysis, why don't we look at this week's news in the NASCAR racing world because believe me there was a lot of exciting news in all three series that came up this week so without further ado this is this week's news in the NASCAR racing world Alright, so I'm going to be doing this rather quickly because I do not want this to be a 40-minute episode when it really doesn't need to be. So the biggest news that came out of the truck series definitely involved drivers and which trucks they're going to be in for the 2022 season. One big one that I should share first is the one with G2G Racing. They're going to be running two trucks this season in the number 46 and number 47 machines. They're going to have Matt Jaskell driving full season in that number 46 truck, and then they're going to have a shared ride between Johnny Sauter, Tim Veens, and Roger Reuse. More than likely butchered those last two names. I do apologize for that. But the biggest one is Johnny Sauter. Johnny Sauter is now basically confirmed that he is not returning to third sports racing for the 2022 season. He's been racing that number 13 truck for the last couple of seasons. And now he's going to be moving on to a basically kind of a midfield team. I-, I think this has a lot to play with his results in the 2021 season. I mean, he absolutely struggled. He did not look like what he did a couple years ago. So it was only a matter of time before he would either A, retire, or B, get let go from that team. And unfortunately, it looks like he got let go from the team. As far as how many races he's going to be with this team, he's going to be driving for it looks like 13 races out of the scheduled 22 races of the season. So he's going to be mostly the primary driver in that number 47 truck. But I figured I'd share this one first because I think it's the biggest news. And that's involving G2G Racing running two teams and picking up Johnny Sauter as one of the drivers. So who was one of the drivers? 
drivers who they picked up at Thor Sports Racing, it was actually Christian Eckes. If you remember last season, he ran a part-time schedule. This year, he's going full-time in that number 98 truck. I think he could honestly be a championship contender. I mean, look at his results last season. Only He did run only a couple races, but most of them to all of them were top 13 finishes. There was only one finish that was kind of bad, and it was the race at Circuit of the Americas, but he even got a victory, and that was at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Finished sixth in the season finale race. I'm telling you, he's put up really good results, and we've seen what he can do when he's with good equipment. He did that with Kyle Busch Motorsports. Maybe it was a little lackluster for most people, but I still think those are really good results. Now, with more experience, I would not be surprised if we see that number 98 truck in victory lane a couple times here in the 2022 season and then for the last bit of news here in the truck series let's look at Kaz Grala he is going to be competing in the number 02 Chevrolet for Young Motorsports did not see this one coming at all I thought he was mostly going to be focused with the money team but apparently it looks like he's going to be running a few races down here in the truck series he'll be running 11 races for that 02 truck first starting at Las Vegas Motor Speedway on March 4th 2022 I mean we all know what Kaz Grala can do he's a talented driver he needs to honestly get an opportunity racing full-time here pretty soon. But as of right now, he's still a part-time series driver. Maybe this year will be the telltale story of whether he can make it finally full-time in one of these series or if he will always remain as a part-time driver. Now let's move on into the Xfinity Series news. Quite a bit of news here this week. It's been mostly related to Alpha Prime Racing and Sam Hunt Racing the last couple of weeks. Well, guess what, guys? They're going to pop up here a couple times once again because they just made an announcement that Keen Parts is going to be sponsoring Ryan Ellis in six races for Alpha Prime Racing. Always a good opportunity when a sponsorship like that can be able to come in with a team. And we've seen Keen Parts up in the Cup Series. Now they're coming down here into the Xfinity Series to now sponsor Ryan Ellis for six races. We'll see what he can do with that sponsorship. And then Kyle Weatherman is joining DGM Racing for five confirmed races. Kyle Weatherman has been a part-time series driver here in the Cup Series as well as I think he was full-time in 2021 in the Xfinity season. He's mainly the driver for Mike Harmon Racing. I think in the last two seasons he's raced for 53 races for them and even had a best finish of eighth place at Kentucky Speedway when he was driving that number 47 car. So he has a lot of talent. Now to see him moving up and I think this would be slightly better equipment in my personal opinion. He will be now driving the number 92 Chevrolet for at least five races including the season opener at Daytona International Speedway. Let's see what Kyle Weatherman could do with DGM equipment. Retro Childress Racing just made a big announcement on some primary sponsorship for the number 21 machine of Austin Hill. If you guys uh, don't remember, Austin Hill got a deal with Richard Childress Racing to race in the Xfinity Series. He will be driving the number 20 machine, replacing Myatt Snyder who went on over to Jordan Anderson Racing. But it looks like they've made some sponsorship announcements here and here's what his sponsorships will be. He will have Bennett Family of Companies, United Rentals Global Industrial, and Alsco Uniforms. They will all split times as primary partners on that number 21 machine. So it looks like sponsorship issues will not be a problem for the number 21 team as they try to win the Rookie of the Year with Austin Hill. I hope Austin Hill does really good. I like what he was able to do with Hattori Racing in that number 16 truck. Got a couple of victories. Maybe he can bring some victories here to Richard Childress Racing down in the Xfinity Series. And if he's able to do that, there might be an opportunity for this driver to move into Cup Series Racing here in the next couple 
couple of years. Now moving on to a common team that we've seen the last couple of weeks. Let's talk about Sam Hunt Racing. They have just made the announcement that Derek Griffith is going to be joining the Sam Hunt Racing team for a partial Xfinity Series schedule. As far as his number goes, he's going to be driving that number 26 Toyota Supra machine for multiple races. First starting at Martinsville Speedway on Friday, April 8th. Speaking of the other drivers that are going to be in that car, how about Jeffrey Earnhardt? He had a 7th race schedule with this team. Here's his announced dates. He's going to be running at the Daytona race, the season opener, in the number 24 machine. And then from then on, he's going to be racing with the number 26 at Auto Club Speedway, Atlanta Motor Speedway, Texas Motor Speedway, Charlotte Motor Speedway, Nashville Super Speedway, and then rounded up with the team at Bristol Motor Speedway. Mostly the faster tracks are on his schedule, so we'll see what he's able to do here for Sam Hunt Racing. Now, the biggest bit of news I personally think here down in the Xfinity Series is they have made the announcement that they are going to have 38 cars once again in each race. This is honestly great news, especially for the Xfinity Series when they already have about 50 cars announced to try to make it into the Daytona race. That's an unbelievable number here in the 2020s. We usually don't see it go that high, but here in the Xfinity Series, they're able to do that. And a couple years ago, they decided to make the announcement that they were going to be moving down to 36 cars per race. And a lot of people were worried for some of those teams near the back, most specifically Mike Harmon Racing. But now they've realized, hey, they will not have to worry about people just starting parking these races. We have a bunch of teams now lined up to try to run the full season and finish as many races as possible. Why not raise it back to 38 cars? That We have no worries of the fields being short this year. It's going to be absolutely great to see what all these teams can do during qualifying. We could see some potential bigger teams fall out. They don't have the charter system here in the Xfinity series. So you got to make it in on speed. Otherwise, your owner points are going to be heavily relied on. And if you're not up there enough, you're going to fall out and miss a potential race. And then finally, let's talk about Josh Balicki, who made an announcement that he's mostly going to be driving with Spire Motorsports. He is also going to be running with DGM Racing at Daytona. As far as other races being lined up, it looks like it's mostly going to be Kyle Weatherin and Mason Massey taking over that number 92 machine. I mean, we can see what Josh Balicki can do with these smaller teams. He's gotten some pretty decent finishes, and he also has sponsorship behind him, so it always helps out these guys. And that is this week's news in the Xfinity Series. All right, and let's wrap up this week's news with some Cup Series news that have happened here this week. Let's first start off with the one that I don't think anybody really saw coming a couple of months ago. We thought it was just a meme team. Well, finally, finally, they have made the announcement that they will confirm to attempt to qualify for the Daytona 500 with their driver being Kaz Grala. We just talked about Kaz Grala in the Truck Series and how I said he puts up really good finishes for a lot of teams. I think he can do the same thing if he can qualify into the race. I don't know how powerful their equipment is. I mean, obviously, the person who owns this team, Floyd Money Mayweather. I mean, he's probably put a lot of money into this team, but it could also just be kind of a camouflage Starcom Racing team because Starcom Racing has some of their people who have a vested interest in the team as well. So if you're kind of wondering, that's what happened to that team. They basically faded in with um, the number 50 team of the Money Racing team, which makes sense why they were at the testing sessions at the Charlotte Roval. As far as other races being announced, they have not quite made it yet, but it sounds like they will be a part-time team. And speaking of another part-time team, there's one that's going to try to attempt the Daytona 500 with an unlikely driver that I don't think many of us would have really thought would try to make an attempt here in 2022. It is Greg Biffle, a driver who was successful in the mid-2000s and early 2010s, 
but left the Cup Series after the end of the 2016 season. Now we finally see him return, and it could be potentially with NY Racing, a team that's mostly ran around the back who drove the number 44 machine. Uh, you might remember them a couple years back when Reed Sorensen was driving for them to try to make it into the Daytona 500, and they wrecked the entire field, including Clint Boyer and the number 15. Then they were able to bring a backup car in the middle of that weekend and qualify in. It was a crazy story. Well, that's that team. So... As far as performance-wise goes, I don't know how much Greg Biffle will have behind him or if he can even qualify into the Daytona 500 because this now means we possibly have at least... 41 cars try to make it into the Great American Race, a kind of thing that a lot of people were worried about that we were not going to get a full roster, but come on, it's the Daytona 500. Someone will whip together a car just to try to run the first few minutes of that race. If they can get the last place paycheck, they're not going to have their feelings hurt. (laughs) So NY Racing could potentially be in the Daytona 500 and they may have Greg Biffle driving that machine. That will be very, very interesting to see. All right, let's run through some sponsorship news real quickly. Nation Guard will be sponsoring Corey LaJoy at The Clash. If you do not remember that sponsor, that's the same sponsor who sponsored Kyle Larson in the first few races, the black and green machines. Well, they're coming back and they're going to be sponsoring Corey LaJoy at The Clash. Series XM looks to be coming back as a sponsorship for a couple races in the 2022 season as they will sponsor both Christopher Bell and Kurt Busch, the newest driver in that Toyota racing camp. Motocraft, Quick Lane, and DEX Imaging is going to share sponsorship of Harrison Burton for the Daytona 500. As far as the paint schemes goes, it looks like the same paint scheme we see every year at the Daytona 500. It just holds that history. I really like seeing the Wood Brothers Racing Team keeping their paint schemes the same. It just is cool to me. I don't know what really else to say. Other sponsorship news, Money Lion is going to team up with 2311 Racing with Bubba Wallace and Kurt Busch. That means that this sponsor has more than likely left Roger Penske Racing and what we thought was going to be one of Austin Sindrick's biggest sponsorships during the 2022 season. Absolutely surprised by that, that they jumped ships. But you know what? The 2311 Racing is a great marketing ploy for a lot of these sponsorships. I mean, they have been um, the top news here in the NASCAR racing world for the last year and a half, basically. And it looks like now Money Lion will be moving on over with this team as they will be the primary sponsor for both Bubba Wallace and Kurt Busch for a handful of races. Freeway Insurance is going to expand their partnership with Trackhouse and Daniel Suarez as they look to be the main sponsor for the team for, it looks like, I think it was five or six races this year. A lot more than they did last year. I think last year they only did like one or two. Uh, Keeping a similar paint scheme that they had back with the Gen 6 car, it's the most centered number I have seen by far when it comes to paint schemes for this next-gen racing machine. As we are all aware, they moved the number forward. But it looks like Freeway Insurance is staying with Daniel Suarez and Trackhouse Racing. Black Rifle Coffee Company announces multi-race partnership with Ty Dillon and Petty GMS. I'm really not surprised by this sponsorship deal here. As you guys remember, Black Rifle Coffee was on Ty Dillon's number 96 machine. So for them to return once again with Ty Dillon, I'm not really that surprised as they will start.
start as a primary sponsor at the LA Coliseum race. Uh, Kohler Generators will renew partnership with RFK Racing. They release the paint schemes there as they will be a primary sponsor for multiple races, which by the way, go check out some of those number six paint schemes. They look fire. They, without a doubt, have some of the paint, best paint schemes this year. Uh, Love Travel Stops to continue sponsorship with Michael McDowell. Love's was the main sponsor during the Daytona 500, and when they got the victory at the Daytona 500, you knew they were going to be returning as a primary sponsor. So they're doing that once again here for 2022, and Kroger returning to JTG Daughtry Racing as a primary sponsor for their number 47 machine, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Again, not really a surprising sponsorship announcement, but is worth mentioning their sponsorship deal because whenever you see a team make a reduction in numbers you always worry about the sponsorship well JTG Daughtry Racing doesn't have to worry about that with Kroger. Now let's move on to some news that is actually really exciting to hear. We're uh, having another add-on to the Daytona 500. J.J. Yaley in the number 55 machine will try to attempt to make it into the Great American Race with MBM Motorsports. J.J. Yaley, not a surprise that he's attempting uh, to make the Daytona 500 with one of these smaller teams. The number choice did surprise me. I did not think that they were going to be having the number 55 machine because Carl Long typically likes to have the number 13 car if he can't get the number 66 car so honestly surprised that they went with 55 instead but you know what the 55 number has been a very popular one with smaller teams here lately we've seen it pop up at least once every single year and now we see it once again return here this time with JJ Yaley and MBM Motorsports And that will conclude this week's news, guys. That's the fastest I've ever done the weekly news, just back to back to back. I, I almost felt like I was monologuing, just never stopped this bam, bam, bam with everyone. But now let's talk about the big thing. Let's talk about this LA Clash race. Still baffles my mind that we're racing on a quarter mile racetrack and NASCAR's top series. Uh, you, you cannot tell me that a couple years ago, maybe even earlier last year. I would have said you're absolutely insane if they would even consider going to one of those again. Well, they have, to everyone's amazement. I, I'm still baffled I'm going to be seeing this race. I will not believe it until the, I see the green flag on Sunday. But let's talk about a few things. Some of the biggest topics for this race. One is it going to be a wreck fest? I think that's what a lot of people are worried about, that this race is going to be a complete shit show, which I completely understand. I mean, it's a super small racetrack. If you ever seen races at Bowen Grace Stadium back with the lower series, it's absolutely insane to watch. Do we want something similar to that to happen here in the LA Clash? Uh, yes and no. And what I mean is we want to see a lot of bumping and banging. Um, that's always really fun racing to watch. And you're going to have so many people brand new at this event. I think they said there's so many first-time fans that are going to be attending this race. So definitely want to put on a great show for those fans. You don't want it to be an absolute shit show where everyone's wrecked and you have something similar to the 2020 clash where they had at Daytona and every car was destroyed except for one and Eric Jones won the race and the car was absolutely destroyed. Just ugly to look at. We don't want something like that to happen. So short answer here is yes, we want to see some caution, some bumping and banging. But not a situation where all the cars are destroyed like a demolition derby. Now, if this race also goes well, 
they are planning to come here for the next couple of years. It sounds like there's a three-year deal with NASCAR and the LA Memorial Coliseum. However, they will make the decision by the end of this month or next month whether they want to return there once again. So this could be a every-year thing if this race is successful. And also, if this race turns out to be super exciting, it could open the door for us to see many more races in other stadium-like facilities, including even in Mexico City. That's right, if the LA Clash is that popular and successful, NASCAR will go international with the Cup Series. So, there's a lot of money banking on this race. So, if you're somebody who's totally against this race, I wouldn't be that hard against it because it could lead to a lot of great opportunities for NASCAR. And you, you can't tell me that more short races on the schedule is going to make fans excited. We, we love short track racing. I mean, Bristol and Martinsville are considered some of the best races of the year. So, it's pretty clear that this race is very, very important, even though it's an expedition race. Now, the question is, who's going to be the winner? I mean, there's an opportunity for all these drivers except Kyle Larson to miss the main event. The reason why Kyle Larson cannot miss the main event is because the final spot is given to the person who was the highest in owner points last season. That was obviously Kyle Larson who won the championship. But what about everyone else? Which drivers would look more than likely to make it in and which drivers do you think could fall out? A group that I could see really struggle in this race is going to be the rookies. I don't, I don't know what it is, but Todd Gillen, Harrison Burton, and Austin Sindrick, for me personally, do not look like drivers who can race their way into the main event. The people I do see racing into the main event are drivers who we saw at Bowman Gray Stadium in the lower Arca series. So, if you remember, Bowman Gray Stadium had a few races between 2011 to 2017. One of those races had the likes of Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, Bubba Wallace, and Corey LaJoy, just to name a couple. Even William Byron and Justin Haley have had experience at quarter mile racetracks recently, and I really think that's going to carry on into this LA race. I mean, it's going to be set up almost exactly like Bowman Gray Stadium, maybe just a little bit more banking, and I really feel like those guys could capitalize due to that past experience. I think the biggest shocker to make it into the main event out of those ones I mentioned would probably be Corey LaJoy, but then again, we've seen Corey LaJoy and that number 17 get some good finishes here and there. Maybe it's going to be the LA Coliseum race for those guys. Now, who are some drivers who really, really need to make it into this class race? I think one driver who has a big importance in this race that not many people are thinking about is Kyle Busch. As you guys are aware, Kyle Busch is losing his M&M sponsorship by the end of the 2022 season. A lot of people are really sad about it. Now that Kyle Busch is basically sponsorship hunting, he needs to perform at tracks that most people are going to be watching. And I think there's going to be a large group of people watching this LA Coliseum race. So Kyle Busch needs to do everything he can to make it into the main event. I think he could prosper the most from this situation. Another person would be probably the 2311 cars of Bubba Wallace and Kurt Busch. And the reason why I say that is they are the most talked about team. They have been for the last 18 months. Again, reaching out to new people. That team got a lot of new fans watching the sport. 
And for them to potentially catch even more fans and more specifically some of the younger audience who are favorable towards 2311 racing, that means that is a big opportunity for this team. They got to make it into the main event. Uh, I could see both Bubba Wallace and Kurt Busch making it in just because Bubba Wallace is usually a guy who can run around the top 20 and you know that there's 23 cars running in that main event. So I think he can make his way in. And Kurt Busch has had some talent at some short tracks all throughout his career. So I wouldn't be too worried worried about those guys. One team I am a little worried about that should definitely do everything they can to make it into the main event is Trackhouse Racing. I mean, how embarrassing would it be with Pitbull this much around the racetrack? I mean, he's performing a 45-minute concert. How bad would it be if both his cars missed the main event? Uh, So they have a little bit of extra stress there, knowing that they are having one of their owners basically perform at the racetrack, and they better perform as well, because Mr. Worldwide will become Mr. Irrelevant if his team misses that main event. Now, this is how it's going to play out this week in here as far as the schedule goes. On Saturday, they will be doing multiple eight-minute practices for all 36 teams entered into the LA Clash. They'll be separated into three groups. And then at 5.30, they will be doing single-car qualifying to find out where their lineups are going to be for the heat races. Then the heat races will start at noon on Sunday. They will have four 25-lap heat races consisting of nine cars each. They they were mentioning it to be 10, but... since there's only 36 cars entered into the race, it will be nine in each heat race instead of 10. Now, the top four finishers of each heat race will automatically advance through to the Bushlight Clash. Then the remaining drivers who are not still locked in will be separated into two different groups for last chance qualifying races. Those two races will be 50 laps each and the top three will advance from each group. After that, if you haven't qualified after the heat races and the last chance qualifier, you will not be racing in the main event. And that is going to be something that's going to be very interesting to see how many big names will miss the main event. That would be absolutely crazy if you get someone like Chase Elliott, Martin Trex Jr., Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, all missing it. Everyone would be like, well, what the hell? Those are the four biggest dudes. Damn. But then finally, we will have the main event that they hopefully want to start at 3 o'clock. We'll see if they're able to get through that that fast, depending on the heat races and last chance. But that will be a 150-lap main event. And of course, the winner of that race will take home the trophy. And it sounds like the total purse bunny is almost $2 million. So big, big race for a lot of these guys. And it's not even a points-paying race. Now, as far as predicting who the winner will be of this L.A. Clash race, it's almost like throwing a dart at the board. We just don't know what to expect. I mean, the brand new race car is going to make its debut here. It's going to be at a track that we have not seen in the Cup Series for 50 years, anything to this size. And only one driver's guaranteed to run in that main event. But if I had to pick three people who I think could earn the victory there at the LA Clash, the first one I gotta say is Joey Logano. Now I mentioned this on Johnny on the Tracks podcast that Joey Logano is someone who can win at racetracks that are very unique and out there. What race did Joey Logano win last year? He won the Bristol Dirt Race, a race that nobody expected him to do great at, and there he was able to get that victory. And then at Circuit of the Americas, again, an odd racetrack because of the fact that it had rain on it, and we were running with rain race tires. Guess who did good at that race as well? Joey Logano won a stage and was able to finish in the top five. 
He's also extremely good at Martinsville, putting up the same numbers that we've seen from Jeff Gordon as far as how many laps completed. So I think he's going to do good in this race. I, I would not be surprised if you see Joey Logano flirting for the win by the end of the night. I would also go for Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott has a lot of experience also with those short tracks as well. We've seen how successful he can be in those short tracks. And we know his talent. I mean, at Martinsville and Bristol, he's gotten victories at both of those racetracks. So short tracks look to be right up his alleyway. And as far as this LA Clash race goes... I think he's going to do really good, and he'll be another contender for the victory. Now, for the third pick that I think could win it, I think this one's going to be a really surprising one, but how about Christopher Bell? The reason why I go with Christopher Bell on this one is Christopher Bell has grown up to be successful when it comes to short track racing. I mean, look at the Chili Bowl, a a track that's super short, but he has been one that is dominant at that race. Every single year, he's always a contender for the win. Again, it's going to be a similar shape, size, track. Of course, it's not going to be dirt, but still, there could be a great opportunity for Christopher Bell to actually surprise a lot of people and get a victory here in this class. So if I had to pick three drivers, I would go with Joey Logano, Chase Elliott, and Christopher Bell. Obviously, it's going to be really hard to see what happens, but you know what? Why don't we just sit back and enjoy the race because let me tell you there's only one word to describe this LA clash and it is fun And that will conclude today's episode of the Field Filler Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know this episode was a lot of me just like sprinting through everything, but I just wanted to cover as much as I could before I head off to LA. I I hope to see some of you guys there. Uh, Let me know if you guys are going to be there. You can do so by following me on Twitter at Vanilla Wafers or TylerB33. I pop up either way. Or you can also reach out to me on TikTok as well. I've been getting a lot of attraction there. And I try to reply to all my comments in my videos. So that is at Vanilla Wafers 44. But no longer on the website. We have shut down the website temporarily um, until we figure out what we want to do next. So hopefully you can still tune in on other platforms because the fan base is growing. And I honestly can't wait to see what the 2022 season has in store for us. But in the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time. So I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road collect my last place winnings and i am out so you all take care this has been the field filler podcast